Chapter forty two of The Hall in the Grove by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Yesterdays and the Tomorrows. The last day at Chautauqua, the evening on which our party reached those enchanted grounds, one of their number had exclaimed, Only think of a six weeks' vacation! We shall have time for everything. The feeling with which some of them looked at that last day was, that somehow they had been defrauded of their time. They had meant to do this and that and the other thing, to go here and there, and lo, one morning the talk was all of tickets and timetables, routes and baggage. The holiday was gone, yet they filled that last day full to overflowing. "'I'm going to every single meeting there is today,' was Robert Fenton's ambitious declaration at the breakfast-table, and some of the others, though less outspoken, seemed to be doing their best to vie with this undertaking. At the eight o'clock lecture, Dr. Moorhead filled the hall to overflowing, and was the innocent means of sending away many grumblers who declared that they did not see why such a lecture as that could not have been delivered at the amphitheatre, so that all the people could have heard. The normal reunion program called out every member of the classes, and a great many who were not members. "'Of course people will come to that,' prophesied that wise young head, Robert. "'Professor Holmes is going to read us a story, and folks who wouldn't learn a normal lesson to save their precious frizzies will come out to hear a story.' Good for Chautauqua that she had a story to which the frizzies could be induced to give attention, which was yet so full of earnest thought and careful suggestion and delightful future possibilities that the author thereof became, through that medium also, one of the educators at Chautauqua. Don't you hope, dear Chautauquans, that he may some day be induced to put that story about my pupil and I into print, for the refreshment of those who heard, and the benefit of the many who were not there to hear? One of the special features of the day was the procession, when the different organizations which have their centre at Chautauqua formed unbroken line, and took together a farewell walk through their beloved grove. Of course, during this trip it was the most natural thing in the world for those who loved to walk together to be found in each other's company. You may, if you choose, explain in this way the fact that the pretty Amy in her whitest dress and bluest ribbons walked beside James Ward. "'How pretty it must all look to those standing outside and looking in,' said Amy, as the leaders rounded a curve in the avenue. "'Who are all those men just behind the band? Oh, I know, the trustees of the grounds. Isn't the music sweet? I think that is a splendid band. Oh, how many children! I didn't suppose the look-up legion was so large. How many grand things they do here for children, don't they? There go the normal graduates.' I wish I could see all our CLSC people, so I could get an idea of how many there are of us. I wish I could be in the procession, and at some point outside looking on at the same time. Then she twisted her neck to get a view of the lengthening column, but it stretched away beyond her vision. What a lovely walk it was, past the temple, the amphitheater, the hall of philosophy, away down the hill to the auditorium, and then back to the amphitheatre. "'Dear old Hall,' said Amy tenderly, some unshed tears standing in her blue eyes as she looked at the white-pillared structure for the last time that season. 
oh i wonder if i shall ever see you again what a summer this has been i love every board in that floor haven't we had just delightful times at the round table meetings oh i do feel so sorry for those poor clsc people who stayed at home what do they know about chautauqua we must tell them all about it said james ward cheerily i'm sure you can describe the hall and the grove in which it stands with the lake at its feet do you know paul adams calls it his grove he says he leaves the saint off and says to himself paul's grove paul's grove and then laughs all over inside to think that he ever heard of it isn't he a queer boy he is a genius said james ward we shall hear from him yet i know it said amy and we had to come to chautauqua to find it out isn't that strange but james ward answered with a meaning smile that they had come to chautauqua to find out a great many things and amy blushing much and smiling back was suddenly silenced there had been several concerts held in the great amphitheatre but by common consent that last one led jointly by the two leading professors case and seward was pronounced the very finest of all i think the beautiful shower that came pouring down so copiously on the thirsty earth which the great audience securely sheltered looked out and enjoyed but added to the pleasure of the hour it was all beautiful said mrs fenton as they picked their homeward steps carefully over the sparkling grass but oh to think that it is the very last i wonder that they had the heart to close with the hallelujah chorus and there were tears shining in her eyes nobody answered her for a little the spell of the swift coming parting overshadowed them all but at last young robert remarked that he supposed they ought to sing hallelujah because there was such a place as chautauqua and that they had been in it all summer ay said mr masters and mean to be in it next summer household matters received very little attention in the short space between the afternoon and evening meetings caroline set the bread-pan away with a remark halfway between a smile and a sigh to the effect that it made very little difference what became of that dish nobody would ever want any more bread not mixed in that pan said mrs fenton resolved on being cheerful when we get into our own house next year we must have one of the granite tins they are ever so much better very early in the evening the tide set toward the amphitheatre where the farewell service was to be held it had been supposed that great numbers had already left the grounds but if this were true they must either have returned or sent their friends for all standing as well as sitting space was occupied there were many speakers at that farewell meeting prominent among them professor seward the apostle of the new system of music that began that season at chautauqua its triumphal march towards the revolutionizing of the art it is really a singular providence said the professor that the first formal effort for the introduction of this system into this country should be here at chautauqua where the inspiring thought has been from the beginning to adopt great and good things for the masses that is a concise and truthful way of putting it said mr masters speaking in undertone to caroline it describes both the chautauqua idea and the tonic solfa system of music i think it is destined to become universal 
and Caroline replied that for the sake of suffering thousands who had been proved incapable of understanding the bewildering contradictions of the other system, she earnestly hoped it would. Those two did a good deal of undertone talking during the exercises. Constantly there seemed to occur to one or the other of them a something left unsaid that ought to be put in before the next morning's parting. "'What has become of Kent Monteith?' Mr. Masters asked during a musical interlude. "'Robert Fenton says he went to Boston yesterday morning by the early boat.' "'Did he, indeed? I wonder what hastened his plans. He told me last week that he expected to remain in this region for some time.' Robert and he had a conversation a day or two ago, during which Robert spoke very plainly as to his change of views, and the misstatements that he believes Mr. Monteith to have made to him. And he, Robert, thinks the gentleman was annoyed. He judged so by his manner. Mr. Monteith told him he was disgusted with the fanaticism of Chautauqua, and would be glad to get away." During this explanation, Caroline kept her head drooped and her eyes on the copy of the Chautauqua Carols that she held in her lap. So, though he looked steadily at her, Mr. Masters failed to get a glimpse of her eyes. "'I wonder if he has been annoyed by other conversations held at Chautauqua?' She had no answer for this, unless a deepening flush could be called answer, and only smiled very slightly in reply to the laugh which he could not quite control." when mr loden the renowned basso of the jubilees came forward to address the audience these two somewhat preoccupied ones gave close attention there was something wonderful in the thought of the dusky-hued brother coming as an equal among the honored workers and making his farewell offering one sentence in his address made caroline's eyes flash in special answering sympathy as i looked out upon this sea of faces to-night this thought occurred to me. What will it be when we shall be permitted to look upon that great multitude that no man can number, with palms in their hands crying, Blessing and honor and glory and power to him who hath redeemed us and washed us in his blood? It is what these immense enthusiastic gatherings always bring to my mind, she said earnestly. The coming of Lewis Miller, the president of the association, was the signal for a round of applause. The people always applauded when they saw their president. Not that they heard often from him, or indeed were they familiar with his face in public places, but those well acquainted with the Chautauqua idea knew well that the brains and the energy and the purse of Lewis Miller backed all its enterprises. The peculiar white-winged salute, which belongs only to Chautauqua, was given him on this evening with unusual energy. Mr. Miller is a quick-sighted man, and a man of warm impulses. He knew, by his own feeling, how very near the surface lay the tears of that audience on that evening. He is a man of judgment. He knew just how unfortunate it would be to let the closing meeting lose its control and become a scene of tearful memory." so to the beautiful silent salute he replied by first feeling in a pocket or two and then saying lightly it so happens that i have no handkerchief with which to return your salute and the laughter which always lies so near to tears rippled forth of course the farewell address was by dr vincent 
His closing sentences were so full of the plans and purposes that go far toward making Chautauqua what it is, that I copy them entire for us all to remember. We live one life, we have one law, the law of love. Bitterness has no place in the ideal life. Gentleness, patience, long-suffering, the large, wide outlook from another's standpoint, the charity that hopeth all things and beareth all things, the charity that is kind, this is the gift we covet. And if we should come, some time in future years, to spelling our great word Chautauqua over again, and should spell it C-H-A-R-I-T-Y, we shall have accomplished great things by Chautauqua, even a thing that shall live for ever. May God bestow upon us this blessed spirit, that as representative of all parts of the land, and all denominations of Christians, and all nations of earth, we may come nearer to him who is the one centre, and reflect his glory and his beauty, until being transformed into his image we shall be prepared for eternal fellowship with him. I do not remember having told you how Chautauquans sing the Gloria. Ah, you should have heard it as the great congregation sang that night. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, Some voices faltered as the thought would intrude that the aisles of the amphitheatre and the hills about Chautauqua would resound with the swelling notes no more, but would be left to winter's pall of snow and silence. Still hundreds and hundreds of voices rose above the dreary thought, and rolled forth the story, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Even then there were determined spirits who would not let the sense of parting remain uppermost. Somebody, gifted just then with an inspiration, called for the Chautauqua salute for Dr. Vincent, and surely all the white handkerchiefs in the world responded at that moment. "'Let us put it into words!' shouted a voice, and immediately the air rang with cheers. The seventh Sunday school assembly was over, yet the people refused to credit it refused to leave the amphitheatre to loneliness. They had crowded to those seats so long, had come early and stayed late for so many days, that to go away now with the feeling that the bells would not call them again was an inexpressibly saddening thought. They gathered in groups and shook hands and laughed a little, and used their handkerchiefs for other purposes than salute, and went a few steps, as if the resolution had been taken to go home, then paused in groups again, and looked back to the platform where were gathered crowds engaged in handshaking. Presently there burst before their waiting eyes a beautiful golden light, in the midst of which revolved a star. "'Fireworks!' said the eager children, and those who had firmly resolved that now at last they were going home, turned at the sight, and speedily retraced their steps, and mingled with the crowd again. It was not until the rockets and balls and red lights and golden lights and wheels and stars had all spun and whirled and hissed themselves into silence, 
and the beautiful fire-lighted word, Goodbye, had burned in silent beauty before them, and the Chautauqua bells had pealed out their final warning, that at last the crowds moved off reluctantly, up and down and around the hill. "'I am glad we came to Chautauqua,' said Robert Fenton, with a somewhat husky voice, speaking to his mother as he trudged at her side up the avenue. "'I'm awful glad we came to Chautauqua. I don't suppose I shall ever be gladder of anything. But I'll tell you what I wish. I wish we had been at home for ten months, and this was the night we were packing up to come here.' Both father and mother, who but a moment before had had much ado to hide from each other the evidences of dreariness which possessed them, yielded to the pressure of this curious wish, and burst into hearty laughter. So they went home with good cheer after all. "'I don't know that I ever felt less like going tamely home,' Mr. Masters said, as they turned into an avenue that hid the amphitheatre from view." suppose we pretend that you are a pilgrim and take the route that will give you one last look at your shrine the hall in the grove said caroline smiling joseph ward says that paul went on a pilgrimage there the evening before he left he found him sitting in the professor's chair preparing for future greatness that is joe's rendering of it i don't wonder he went there said mr masters what a sacred place that hall must be to those three boys, four boys indeed. I think I may put Robert Fenton in for the fourth. Few can love the hall any better, and with better reason than he. I don't think Robert has been troubled by a shadow since he heard Dr. Meredith's sermon. And but for the Saturday afternoon lecture in the hall, he would not have heard the sermon, said Caroline. He took one of his violent fancies to Dr. Meredith and with good reason. I hope the doctor will know some day that he had a hand in setting the boy's feet on the rock. It is a pity that all these grand people cannot know what they have been doing. By this time they had reached the hall and taken their seats in silence. Something of the same feeling that had made Paul Adams take off his hat held Caroline quiet. "'Do you remember?' her friend asked, speaking in subdued tones. THE FIRST EVENING YOU EVER SAW THE HALL? DO I REMEMBER? BY THE GLIMMER OF THE NIGHT LAMPS HE SAW HER EYES FLASH. I SHALL ALWAYS REMEMBER THAT, BUT WE MUST NOT SIT HERE. AND SHE AROSE AT ONCE. I WANT TO GET JUST ONE LAST MEMORY OF IT TO TAKE HOME WITH ME, AND THEN I AM READY. THE TOMORROW OF Chautauqua. I WONDER WHAT IT WILL BE. I HAVE FAITH IN IT AS I NEVER HAD BEFORE. It will be great because of the wheels it has this year set in motion. Why, even I, from my narrow circle, know of wheels enough to make it famous. I wonder how this place feels all deserted. Can you fancy a sense of desolation that may come creeping over it tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, when it waits and watches for the sound of feet and they do not come? And by and by the autumn leaves come and blow in here, and no feet rustle them and by and by the snows come and drift in here, and no feet make footprints. Oh! And she shivered. I'll tell you what will break the stillness, he said eagerly. The bell up on the hill there will ring out its gay notes on each memorial day. The doctor said, you know, that it would ring at noon, and that wherever we were, true Chautauquans would hear its echoes. Don't you think the hall will hear them and understand? The bell will say to it, 
coming 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 they are coming back chautauqua priestess of the old evangel of the new oh the old hall will understand they laughed both of them they were persons not given to letting their fancies run wild after this fashion all the more because of this they enjoyed it those memorial days said caroline tenderly i am glad there are twelve of them i think i shall hear the bell echo i am glad so many of the special days are sabbaths i am glad the special object on those days is to pray for the interests of the circle i believe i am glad for everything the yesterdays of chautauqua said mr masters what of them i wonder do you suppose there were weird council fires burning here on the spot where the hall stands to-night do you think the red-faced chiefs planned conflicts and conquests and looked up to the great spirit to invoke his aid i fancy i can see their dusky forms hovering around us to-night hovering over us mayhap the spirits of the yesterdays do you suppose they think their dear old camping-ground is desecrated ah i don't know said caroline thoughtfully one cannot help wishing that the warriors would come back and here in their old campground get a touch of the new life that flows in its veins the old name spelled over again not chautauqua but charity which is love love supreme to the great spirit love universal to mankind thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and thy neighbour as thyself don't you wish by the light of our modern campfire the dark-faced ones could gather and learn to spell that word chautauqua must reach out after their descendants and help them to spell it he said in a low moved tone and then but caroline it is possible that even among the yesterdays some of them groped through the primeval darkness of their woods and learned the story listen in de dark wood no indian nigh den me look heaven and send up cry upon my knees so low dat god on high in shiny place see me in night wid teary face de spirit tell me so god send he angels take me care he comes himself he hear my prayer if inside heart do pray god see me now he know me here he say poor indian never fear me wid you night and day so me love god wid inside heart he fight for me he take my part he save my life before god love poor indian in de wood so me love god and dat be good me'll praise him two times more when me be old me head be gray den he no leave me so he say me wid you till you die den take me up to shiny place see white man red man black man's face all happy like on high few days den god will come to me he knock off chains he set me free den take me up on high den indian sing his praises blessed and lub and praise him wid de rest and never never die he repeated the words with matchless tenderness and the tears which had been ready to fall all the evening came unchecked from caroline's eyes it is beautiful she said with broken voice oh i wish so much that all the dark-skinned men of the woods could have felt the lord looking down on them ah now he said you have let tears come 
and the parting from the hall in the grove should be in smiles because of its prophetic glory come let me tell you a story of to-morrow lift up lift up thy voice with singing dear land with strength lift up thy voice the kingdoms of the earth are bringing their treasures to thy gates rejoice arise and shine in youth immortal thy light is come thy king appears beyond the centuries swinging portal breaks a new dawn the thousand years caroline if ever persons had cause to rejoice over the to-morrows whatever they may bring to us it is you and i for we have learned to look forward to the youth immortal where we fully expect to arise and shine and the lord has given us through the agency of this very chautauqua and this very grove and this very hall the blessed privilege of walking through all the to-morrows of our earthly future together said caroline bless the lord o oh my soul then in the quiet of the hushed woods as with one mind their voices blended glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy ghost as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen end of chapter 42 end of the hall in the grove by pansy recording by trisha g